When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is iFanboy Media Explode, episode 37, the series finales of The Flash, Barry, Succession, and Ted Lasso. Welcome to my fanboy media explode. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hey there. And Ron Richards. Hello, my friends. How are you doing? And we're back with another episode of Media Explode, the show unlocked by our patrons over at patreon.com slash ifanboy, which has been newly refurbished and reimagined. So go check it out if you've considered being a patron. There's a lot of fun things happening there now. Yeah, head over to patreon.com slash ifanboy where you can get merch now. You all can kinds get of fun merch. We got mugs, we got posters, we got t-shirts, all for you. The listening audience. In fact, today I was like, can I get a t-shirt? Actually, you can. I need to talk to you about that. There's there's a backdoor way. You have to sign up for Patreon. That's the thing. (laughs) It's it's about, you've been riding the coattails of (laughs) my fanboy for a while. I think it's time you start paying. I was doing the dishes. I was like, do I have to be a patron to get a Patreon (laughs) t-shirt? Anyway, we have some Patreon exclusive merchandise. You can check it out. Here we are. We're going to discuss the non-comics media that we've been enjoying. That's the point of this show that the patrons unlocked. And... We always like to start, first of all, a blanket spoiler warning, especially for this show, this particular show, you know, we're going to talk about series finales and final seasons of shows. And if you haven't watched them, utilize the show notes. We should also mention we're recording this live in front of a studio audience. If you are watching in the chat room and you haven't seen these shows, I apologize. You may may want to mute us, (laughs) mute the audio if it's a show you haven't heard about. But for those of you listening who aren't patrons, this is and turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> this is a great example of a perk you get. If you sign up for a patreon.com slash ifanboy, you can tune in for our monthly uh, live stream hangouts where sometimes we record podcasts and you can see see the magic happen live, like Josh's internet being wonky or <laughs> me needing a haircut. If things aren't working, we record the show. Anyway, okay, so we're going to start off as we normally do with things we've been enjoying since we last talked. Things we've been watching. Let's got to stop using the word enjoying. <laughs> Things we've been interfacing with in the last. Well, I month. will go first since I'm since I'm harping on lack of enjoying. Okay. For me, uh, like I feel like the last time we talked, or a couple times we talked, we were just like, oh my god, there's so much TV to watch, and a lot of that has wound down. You know, with the exception of The Bear, which is back on Hulu, which were me and my wife were, even though they dropped all ten episodes yeah. at once, we're, we're spacing them out. And what number are you on? Two. We're on three. I haven't really watched a lot of TV, but I'm catching up on movies. Okay. 
Watched Air, which I enjoyed. The Ben Affleck-directed movie about Nike and Air and Michael Jordan. How was that? Air was good. I liked it. Thumbs up. Didn't need to see it's it in the fun. theater. Yeah. It was like a full-on nostalgia trip, though. Like, it was like, yeah. do you want to bring you back to a time in our lives? It was it was great. Like, it, I don't think it was a great movie, but it made me feel really happy. And then I watched Blackberry, the movie, which is another, like, I'm, I'm, I really seem to be dialing on in these based on a true story business uh, <laughs> brand picks, I hear they're called. But that was great. Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny, like, great cast, great uh, production stuff, um, super techie about phones and things like that. But it, it was a fun movie. Fun. But the one I want to talk about that I watched that I didn't necessarily enjoy, gentlemen, I finally did it. I sat down and I rented Clerks 3. Oh, no. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, Whoa. I I, I, I felt- so What was the thinking going on? Well, I wanted to, I mean, like, I, I, I listen, here's the thing. Clerks is it holds a very special place in my heart. I imagine your guys' hearts as well. Sure, obviously, it, yeah. it was It was really my entry point into indie cinema and, like, that whole kind of world. And, like- for many years, I was like a member of the Kevin Smith fan group. So, like, yeah. Yeah. so we all were, yeah. yeah. This is just so depressing. Yeah. Uh, how much do you know about the film? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. The premise of the film is that Randall and Dante now own the convenience store, right? Right. And in the last movie, Dante hooked up with Rosario Dawson's Yeah, I, I magically. Vaguely remembers Clerks too. I remember seeing it in the theater. I think with yeah. Josh. No, with me. We saw it with we you. Saw it. With yeah, you. In, you and I in, saw it at Times Square. Time, we saw it in Times Square. I remember nothing about it. Not so right. the movie picks up twenty years later, which is another. I was like, Jesus Christ! It's been twenty years since the Clerks since the Clerks two came out. Like nearly twenty years. So Rosario Dawson's dead. She died in a car accident. Right? <laughs> Whoa! Wow. And and so now it's just Randall Dante and the convenience she wasn't store. coming back. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> so a Randall Dante in the convenience store, and Randall has a heart attack. I saw that in the trailers. That's right. Yes, yes. As you know, Kevin Smith had a heart attack, right. and then realizes he's done nothing with his life, and so decides he's going to make a movie about his life in the convenience store. And they start shooting Clerks, like, <sighs> like, Christ. like line by line of the original movie. Oh my god. And like even to the point of when they showed like they show them filming and then they show what they filmed and it's the old movie from the nineties, like the original movie, even though nobody looks the same. Uh Jay Muse got his teeth done. Right. And it was like it, it, just very disturbing. Like they don't look like they fit in his mouth. Connor, I finished reading the Hollywood oral history. Yeah. And I know we've been talking about Tarantino a lot. Someone else in the Hollywood oral history, I forget who said it, but said directors are really only relevant for five to eight years hmm. of like being able to represent their generation or their zeitgeist and everything after that is just like tough. And which is similar to what Quentin Tarantino says, which is that, you know, he's only making films. 10 films. He's the one thing. And I couldn't help but think of that is just like Kevin Smith has lost all sense of relevancy of all like, and it's just like really more depressing. And it got even sadder because during the credits, he comes on with voiceover and is basically saying how important the convenience store is to him, all these people, this is his life, He's he wouldn't be anybody without them. And so I get, like, good for him, it's his art, he can close the book or he can tell the story he wants to tell. But man, there was just nothing new to the conversation 30 years later now at this point. I appreciate the fact that he seems to want to do this with his friends, right? Like, it seems like everything he does is to keep Jay from doing heroin. And so <laughs> yeah. well, like he it. said that, he said that, like, it keeps him focused and people who are addicts get bored and they do drugs. But 
I appreciate that aspect of it and wanting to do that with his friends, but it, it is like from an artistic standpoint, diminishing returns doesn't even seem to cover it. It's just like, yeah, it, it's almost like a home movie that he releases to his hardcore fan base who buy tickets for. Exactly, which is fine. More power to him. Like, like yeah. that's that's fine. But as a former fan of it, it was just oh, sure. More, it was more depressing than enjoyable. I had a Mallrats poster up in my yeah dorm room. I have a signed script. Yep, from him. I have a signed Clerks book. With no, the yeah, we were, and we were in it. We, books, I got those. We oh. were in it. Yeah, yeah. I talked to Jay on the phone. Why? Because when I ordered the books, my credit card number, the guy who wrote it down missed a number, and so I got a call from the store, and they were like, "Your number's wrong," and it was Jay. <laughs> so I gave Jay my credit card number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were the right age. We were we were the proper age to be all into that. It was that slacker time where uh, yep. you know yeah which by the way the the woman who is the butthole surfers drummer from slacker the woman with the, yeah, the hat the the she just she yeah. just mm-hmm. she just passed away at 60 so <sighs> getting old anyway yeah. sorry so yeah so clerks three i can't say i recommend it josh what have you been enjoying or watching i was trying to think of tv shows that i've been into and and i think i'm ron, ron and said like i'm caught up you know and i think yeah. i'm just behind you like i'm ca- i'm about to the end of the things but i'm still it's all stuff we've all talked about but i'm going through like a podcast thing Again, one of the things that brought me back into the NBA was a few years ago, there's a podcast by Adam McKay called Death at the Wing, and it was about NBA players who died in the 80s. But the whole thing was a sort of backdrop of Reaganomics and racism and and the crack wars, all that stuff. That's what it was really about. Just like his movies, just like his movies. He just released a new show called Death on the Lot, and it's coming out now. It's not all done. And it's the same thing, but it's Hollywood deaths. And how they relate to what was going on post-war years in the 50s and HUAC and the studio system dying and all that stuff. And it's awesome. It is really just McKay telling you the story, which I normally don't like, but he's Adam McKay. He's very good at that kind of thing. You know, normally I like reporting. So while listening to that, I was clued into a couple of other shows and there are ads because podcast ads work. (laughs) 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 one of them was called the set and it's about police corruption in new york city cops in the late 80s and 90s like the most corrupt yeah precinct uh up in washington heights in harlem the 3-0 it was like serpico 15 years later or 20 years later they had a commission about for that what was that called the malin commission the malin commission that's right dinkins was the mayor it's straight up. Dinkins should have been fired. It's straight it up like mayor. reporting, you know, like they've got interviews with all the main people. And it's so ridiculous that sometimes I keep checking to see if it's fiction because the people sound like they're out of central casting and the story is it's like the shield. It's like, holy shit, this is terrible. And it is absolutely riveting. Connor, I sent you a link about it, but like you have to listen to it. I was just going to say like that, but also the celebrity desk, Connor, that sounds like up your alley too. Like I've already been listening. Josh sent me the link earlier in the week. Yeah. 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 It's good, right? This is the first one, but yes. And and both of these are coming out currently. Like, they're not done. Um, And then there's a show called Spellcaster, and it's about Sam Bankman-Fried and the FTX failure and him. It's like a lot of the stuff that Ron watches. <laughs> Megalomaniac <laughs> businessmen uh, who ruin everything. Nice. And I didn't really know anything about that. And again, it's a Bloomberg reporter, so there's, you know, the firsthand accounts and sources. I just love that kind of produced investigative podcast is sort of telling you more about something you didn't know or had forgotten. Like there's podcasts that like just tell you things that happen in history. The Bowery boys being one like that. But since that's so long yeah. ago, it's, it's they're not going to have like interviews with the people, but a lot of times it's not awesome, but these are, you know, they got money behind them and, and reporters. And uh, I love that stuff. It's really great. Enjoy them while they're out there because uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm aware. And I'm also <laughs> listening to them like on like Amazon music or whatever, where there's no ads. So I'm not even helping. <laughs> I paid for Prime, and you jacked that up by 50 bucks, so I got it coming. 
buddy. I think the last month has been very sports heavy. This is very quick. I mean, between the NBA finals, which I watched, the French Open, which I watched a good portion of, the Champions League final, which I watched, and of course, my perennially bad baseball team that I watch almost every day. A lot of baseball, basketball, tennis, and soccer that I've been watching. You had it good for a long time. Yeah, I, but, it's, but it's right now. Let's not get That'd into that. That'd be like that. in it's like fine. five years if everybody's <laughs> like, oh, man, the Patriots are awful. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, the Yankees are a good team, but they haven't been in the World Series since 2009. Yeah, it's been a while. You, aren't there other teams that haven't been there in a fuckload longer than that? Sure, but I don't follow those teams. So what are you going to do? The best one in the world. Ron's over here like, oh, yeah. No, 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 the best were in the World Series after the Yankees were. Right, true. 2015. 2015. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, they were. They were a right. good team that year. Yeah. One year. Not good but enough. No, they, they were good for a couple, like it was a halo yeah. effect. That whole, yeah. they were like three years, they were good. Yeah. And they're a good team. Well, I was going to say they're a good team now. They should be a good team. But oh, good yeah. please. I can't. I just can't. I just can't. So, Connor, go on. You've been watching a lot of sports. In anticipation of Justified's new miniseries, I, I rewatched all of Justified in the past couple of months, which I hadn't done since it originally aired. And it just reinforced how terrific that show was and how much I loved it and how much it was an underrated show of the peak TV era. The performances are so great. The writing is so sharp. And it made me buy the three Elmore Leonard books featuring Raylan Givens. So I have those sitting over here that I need to read. Nice. And also, we realized that we had fallen behind the Mrs. Maisel, the Marvel's Mrs. Oh, Maisel. Oh, I, I did, we did finish that. And, and, and I thought the season was fantastic. What did you think? We watched season four. Which was the one that the first post pandemic one, which was like three years between seasons. And then we're about halfway through season five right now. So we're, okay. we're finishing that. Tony Shaloub has been the MVP of oh, the he's last fantastic. two seasons. He's, he's so delightful. Yeah. He's so much better than everybody. They've kind of made Midge kind of unlikable. The whole show wraps up well, I thought. I agree. It, it definitely wavered a little towards the second to last season and the, in the beginning of the last season, but it, it does come together, I think. It's still really strong. The writing's great, but right now it's all about Tony Shalhoub. His character, his scenes are so amazing. Yeah. I've loved the show the whole way through. It's just the last season, it's like, everyone's really kind of annoying. How many episodes are you through with it? I think uh Five or four? Oh four, yeah, maybe? keep wa- keep watching. It pick it, it picks up steam. Yeah. By the way, I love Gordon Ford. The guy who plays Gordon Ford, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, he's really but good. when you're done watching it, maybe next month we can do a deep dive on it because I do think that the framing devices and the approach of of like from a last season perspective, like the whole season was basically a finale episode. It was like a yeah. finale season, and it was done holistically. And I think it's probably one of the best last seasons of a show because they knew it was the last season and were able to craft it in a way and give you. Big it's like they gave you the through line of the A plot of the show, but then they gave you bits of the B and C plots of the broader, longer term story that all come together in the last episode. Like it, it ties together. Like it, it was. It yeah, was I'm well, looking forward well to seeing it because right now the flash forwards to the 80s, I'm not seeing the value in other than to make me not dislike Midge more. Keep watching. Keep watching. Yeah. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm just right yeah. now. It's like, are you trying to make her? You know, a terrible person. Isn't that what happens? With I, what? I, mean, I don't. I don't watch it anymore. But like, if somebody gets famous, or they right. either they stay famous, right? Or but they it's like, what's, so it's like, what is the point of telling me this? Then you know, what does this add to me as a viewer, other than just like the character? So we'll see if it wraps up well. And also, we, we were talking about this earlier, but the bear is back. Oh, so good on Hulu. They dropped the entire season. Both Ron and I's households have been trying to ration them. We are yep. three episodes in. I don't want to blaze through up at the same time like an episode ends. I'm like, I kind of want to watch another one, but I'm trying very hard not to blaze through them. So it's a very different season than the first season. The first season was all about manic, crazy restaurant energy, and the second season is more like you know they're building a restaurant, so it's a very different kind of show. Yeah. But still, still really good, cousin. Good stuff. 
what's funny about recording this way is I have no idea how we are on time. So let's um, move roll into <laughs> we'll roll this. Could be a forty-minute show for all I know. You're like ten minutes. Yeah, I don't know. I think we were ten minutes before. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, so in the last couple of years, see, last couple of years, in the last couple of months, we've had several shows that we've all been following and. Can I just hit on that for one moment? Yeah. Like, what was really funny, I was listening to Star Wars Minute, our friends at Star Wars Minute podcast, and they were talking about how right before the pandemic started, you had the last Star Wars movie, the last Harry Potter movie, the last, right. like, all these big kind of franchises wrapped up, and then we had the pandemic, right? Yep. And then now, right before the writer strike, and then at time of recording, we're waiting to see if this, the actors will strike or not. We'll see if I'm right or not. I don't think they will. I think they will. Though. The writers have been striking more and more, actually, in the picket lines in L.A. than ever before. Sure. No, no. I think the, the writers will get distracted. No, the actors. There have been more actors in the picket line than ever yeah, before. Yeah, but anyway, we're getting distracted. But it was really interesting to see that, like, right before this moment in time with these strikes, you had all of these, like, massive hit series, Maisel, Ted Lasso, Succession. Massive hits is relative now. <laughs> True, yeah, but for what they, yeah, but for what they are, come to an end, right? Like it was a weird moment, a, a weird moment of like a lot of stuff ending at the same time, which is a weird moment in time. I thought, yeah, we're gonna talk about Succession, but the actual ratings to press coverage is unbalanced. The Flash ended on the CW, the sort of the last vestige of with a whimper, right? The Berlanti verse. There's still the Superman show, but it's not really in that universe. It's sort of in a side universe. It doesn't overlap. It's not the same characters. So the Flash ended after nine seasons. They tried to go ten, but they couldn't go ten. They could barely go six, quite frankly. Ron, you dropped completely off of it, right? You don't watch it anymore. I dropped right when Cisco left. Like that yeah, was that's when I lost the thread. That was the end of the show. Yeah. You know, you have your last season episodes where you have your big emotional moments or, you know, they said mm-hmm. goodbye to characters and and I'm watching it going, I don't care about a single person on the show other than Barry and Iris, because everyone else is gone, and they've been replaced by people that are not as interesting. Somehow, what's-her-name stayed around? Caitlin. Caitlin, but they changed her character like three times. By the end of it, she wasn't Caitlin anymore. She was like... Frost. Not even Frost. Frost was gone. They changed her again to another character who was like some sort of hippie, like, moon goddess character. Really, like, I kept watching it because of hoping we would get Tom Cavanaugh. And that even yeah. tripped off, right? Like, yeah. He, he, well, he yeah. showed up at the end. He did show up yeah. at the end as, as yeah. Reverse Flash again. But it was just weird and disappointing for a show that was really great for so many years. It kind of felt like the end of an era. Like, there was this whole era of superhero shows. It was long. They were on nine years. And for that era, you had so many superhero shows, yep. especially the CW. It felt like really the ending of things where, you know, we were talking earlier on our Hangout about how streaming has changed everything and what that means and the, I think the flash really felt like the end of something that had been going on for a long time. And it was unfortunate, but there was Ron one really good episode. I think we talked about it last time where Stephen Abel came back to play uh, Oliver Queen and really got the send off. He didn't get when he died during the crisis crossover. Yeah. I've heard his interviews with him. You know, they killed his character off while he was doing a Supergirl show. Right. His last scene was shot with the Supergirl crew on her sets. And I was like, he wasn't wasn't with my people. It wasn't with my show. And he was very upset about that. So he came back and he got a proper send-off with Diggle, a proper send-off with Barry, proper send-off just overall. And that was really great. But other than that, it was really disappointing. Sort of Peter out of that era of shows. Let's talk about Barry. Body. Barry on HBO. Barry ended the season, season four. Yeah. Yep. Very controversial season. A lot of people didn't like it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, it was funny because when season three ended, we were saying, wow, this is getting tough because it's so dark. And little did I realize that it could go darker. It seemed to me based on interviews that it almost felt like they did that because 
they saw people rooting for Barry. And yeah. they were like, why are you rooting for this serial killer? And so I feel like they made it darker because he's not a hero. You know, people would root for Walter White. They rooted for Tony Soprano. Right. But they were like very much against, like, you shouldn't be rooting for Barry. The first time you saw him in the first episode, he killed somebody. He's not a good person. And so this, they went super dark with season four, which didn't work out for everybody. I liked it. I, quite, I liked it a lot. So you told me at the beginning of season three, I think. You guys were like, oh, this is dark. And for some reason, that put me off of it. I just wasn't in the mood for that at the time. And so I put it off. I went through the seasons three and four in pretty short order. And my basic take on this series, I was kind of ambivalent about the last season, really. I was like, oh, this is a big time jump. Actually, whatever. It was a big jump. And it was kind of interesting, but it kind of felt, I don't know, like it was, I don't know. I didn't love it. But I guess my point with the show is I didn't love the show. Which isn't to say I think it's bad. I think it's fucking brilliant. Every time I got to the end of the episode, I was like, my God, Bill Hader is insanely talented. He's a great director. Great writer, great director. And like kudos to them for sticking to the 30 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, because yeah. what we see, what we've seen Ted is Lasso. like Ted, uh, Ted Lasso, uh, some, other show, some other show. No, but some other show too, like that started with an earlier episode length and now blend into, yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah. Oh. But either way, like I'd get to the end of a show and Succession. I thought, that was so well done. And then his name would pop up more often than not as director. And I just thought, wow, like it's a really amazing thing that like the work and Winkler as a performance, especially like every time he came on, like the am- yeah. amount of things that he did and where he went through the last two seasons, I thought was super impressive. Steven Root, Steven Root's always good in yeah, everything really, really he good. does. So it's hard to be like, oh, he killed it in this. He literally kills it in everything. So I can't, you know, say it was a huge standout in that way. But ultimately, like, I don't love it as a thing. I feel like the writers were trying to get through something, but I don't know that it spoke to me all that much in that way. I guess, which which is, you know, like, it was great. It was clearly wonderful, but it, I didn't love it. But I was impressed by it, and I enjoyed watching it. Ron, did you feel like it had a heavy Twin Peaks vibe in those episodes at the house? The early part of the season, when we have the time jump, it jumps ahead, what was it, eight years or whatever it is, and the feeling of disorientation, not knowing what's going on, piecing stuff together, trying to figure out, oh, wait, okay, it's it's years in the future, they had a kid, like figuring that stuff out. Definitely, like early glance felt Lynchian in that. But then it, once you got the rules and understood what was going on, and then once, and then of course once they got back to L.A. and and once you know once once what's his face once um, Stephen Root got out of prison and you got more more the Raven and NoHo Hank stuff. Which yeah. by the way, the guy who played NoHo Hank, as far as oh, I'm concerned, hundred like, percent. Oh my god! Like stole the yeah. show this season was so, and I loved the just the tragic arc of his story. Yeah. And what I also loved about and I'm, we're deviating on Noah Hank. What I loved about Noah no. Noah, Noah Hank, <laughs> I know exactly was that is that they had him in love and in a relationship with Cristobal, and it was just taken as fact. There was no need to show sex. There was no need to- Or how the gang deals with it, yeah. Yeah, there was was no need to like, it was just like, no, they they love each other and they're in it together. And then like, and then to have the heartbreak to see what happens, happens. And then the year jump in the future and you see he made Cristobal's idea a reality and there's the statue of him. Like it's still, there's still that, that basis and foundation of like absurd humor. The season was really, really serious. Yes. And then every once in a while, there'd be like a, long awkward funny scene and it yep. felt un- incongruous i don't know that it's wrong but i was like this is strange the gunfight like at the end yeah. in the yeah, lobby yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah. my god! Like, like, yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they definitely. What I felt about with season four was they have different ingredients that have made up these episodes over the past three years. And what they did was they just changed the levels or the amounts of those ingredients in per episode. And so some went darker, some went more serious, but still had a little bit of humor, you know. And like, and just they played with the world that they built to tell this honestly really tragic story. Oh, super tragic. Uh, uh, super tragic across the uh, for everyone involved can something you know? be super tragic yeah <laughs> well, I, mean, I, mean, I don't think you can adverb that they showed that everyone was who they were at the end right so yes. like you thought that kusanao got to be a better person but he really wasn't oh that was just oh, that, oh I, henry winkler just bravo but, too but, totally. but the the lynchian yeah. part i was thinking about ron was in the scenes in their cabin after barry's left and sally and the kid are yep. left by themselves and she's having these manifestations of her guilt and everything that as that guide to black there's an episode where the camera moves through the house and we're not seeing what the camera's seeing as it moves slowly i remember it there's a slow reveal as it pans to the left into a room and that felt very lynchian where we would yep. often in twin peaks get a slow camera push to a turn to reveal like Bob or someone. And I felt like that felt very Twin Peaksy, where yeah. the camera moves slowly. It's like, what am I about to see? And you felt this like grabbing your throat, like what is about to happen when this camera turns? That was felt very yeah. yeah. I, th- I think Bill Hader is like, he directed all the episodes yeah. of the final season. I think he's incredibly talented. Yes, I mean we knew that yeah. he's a talented performer and writer. The great testament is this is that I watched the show with my wife, and every time we would get the end, like the black, and then the credit, yeah. like and the music, she would exhale out of tension relief. Like like she, the, every episode had her on the edge of the couch waiting for the next thing to happen, and the tension. That was there, and the buildup and the release of that tension. Yeah, I mean, he came to LA to be a director. He didn't come yeah. to be a performer. Performing yeah. happened by accident. The, the problem is his, his sensibility seems to be what no longer is made in Hollywood. But I, I'm he's really a massive to see. film nerd. I learned because they oh, constantly he, he watched TCM like I do all day long. Yeah, but does he also watch sports and news at the same time? Yes, he's got the four monitors <laughs> the like I do. <laughs> I'm looking forward to whatever film he inevitably directs because he's going to. Yeah direct one yeah. and it's and it's going to be really interesting josh, josh you you listened to him on turn out of punk right i didn't know oh my god go back and listen to the bill Hader episode of turn out. Them, yeah oh no no go back and listen to this one because okay. it's like two and a half hours of him with damien from fucked up talking about music and just like and he, i think he's stoned during it because there's a lot of like that hater laugh that <laughs> you know that like that weird laugh yes yeah and just like telling stories and stuff like that and like it was less of uh damien interviewing hater and hater more interviewing damien <laughs> like it was just like good because damien is not a great interviewer no i agree i agree <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's lovely but yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm comparing the two, and we should move on, the arcs in season three, especially for Sally, who I typically couldn't stand for most of it, I which I'm not sure it's supposed her. to. Most people didn't like her. Uh, I know, but her arc in season three was much more interesting. It fleshed her out a lot. Same thing yeah. with Noho Hank and Cristobal. And so, like, the end was just, like, watching everything turn to shit, which I know was kind of the point. So, my thought here is that each of the shows that we'll be talking about, with the exception of The Flash, which I don't know why we talked about, are this show is horrible people are horrible. Right. And then as we move on, what are we doing next? Succession. Succession. Okay. Horrible people people are horrible. You see where I'm going with this. That's peak TV, right? That's the golden age of Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Sopranos. Yep. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. But, you know, we'll get to the last one in a minute. So Succession. I don't don't know where to start. Somebody else grab that. So Succession ended the season and... I just find it hilarious that because it's a show about media, I mean, I remember the day the succession ended, there was like seven stories in the New York Times about it. 
Yeah, and I think two million people watch Succession at the most. Like, it's not a I was hugely popular say, like, TV show. Yeah, because it's a media show. There was an outsized level of a, uh, a liberal, coverage a liberal over elite it. show. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, not even that. It's just a media show. Yeah, media always covers media shows, and the amount of viewers for like NCIS versus Succession versus the amount of coverage for Succession versus like NCIS is like out of whack. Like, let's talk about the depth of NCIS here. Like, what is it? doesn't the- matter. The point is <laughs> 10 times even people watch Yellowstone as Succession, but the amount of sure. coverage the New York Times gave Succession versus Yellowstone is... Oh, yeah, no, understood. Yeah, no. Yeah, Here's the, the, the difference no. in that, though, is that Succession will go on to influence so many of the things that happen after this, and NCIS won't. Yeah. No, but Yellowstone will. Maybe. And then, you Yellowstone, know, whatever. Well, no, I, yeah, I think Yellowstone, uh, yeah. yeah the other thing about Succession that's, I think, hard to put it is that, it, like, it is presented, and the reason I did not watch it first is it is, if you're not really looking at it, it's a serious drama. Yeah, it's King Lear. But it's a hard fucking satire. It's yeah. a comedy show. It's both. Yeah. I don't know, but, like, at the heart of it, like, they're making you, you, watch interviews. They all did a straight drama show when they were they making acted it. that way, yeah. but it wasn't built that way. But that's what makes it work. Like they played the comedy completely straight. They didn't even know they were playing comedy, but it's comedy. Josh, to, to make your point, I mean, look at what did Jesse Armstrong do before Succession? My favorite show, uh, Peep Show, like one of my top five yeah. all time shows. And it's comedy. Way, same sh- it's yeah, it's the same show. Yeah, like it, it basically yeah. is still all about people acting one way and thinking and doing the opposite. Yeah. They go with their base instincts every time. They cannot help it. And so the show, the show is constantly. It's similar to Barry. Things. Nobody ever got better. You thought that people would get better and they never did. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, but like like it, you wanted them to. There was more where here you wanted them to. You kept thinking maybe somebody. And then the end of it is, no, they're all awful. And what you're doing the last season is just going, why is this person awful? And then like obviously over and over, like I think Roman is the least awful. Yeah. But. He is somehow on the surface the most, the most awful, but is broken. But is broken. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was the most tragic character. I mean, that was very clear when he goes out and at the end and tries to get someone to beat him up, and someone does. Like he was the most messed up from the childhood of all. Yeah, of the yeah. From yeah. he at least has like at the end he like the dad dies and everything happens, and then he seemed to out of all of them have a slight sense of peace. Yep. You know, he goes the to the end. bar. But, but I know. Before, yeah. Before, yeah. I know. The very last scene, he's not the most at peace. Absolutely. Right. But before that, he had to go through a crucible yeah. to get that point. Right. But he right. did at least. He was denying his grief until the, that great moment in the church where he breaks down. I would take Roman's ending at the good. bar ordering the martini even back to the first to the beginning of the show in the first season where really what you had was he's living this life of degenerate, you know, kind of whatever, doing whatever he's doing. And then over the span of the four seasons that we watched, get pulled into the orbit of this media company and the race for power purely to get his father's approval, which he never yep. got, then having to go through that crucible, kind of like you said, of both the boardroom fucking drama and then also the grief drama. And then when it gets out of it and he he's given the gift of freedom at the end yes. because all, well, everything that was tying him dad. down is gone. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. The only yeah. one who cared about the father. And when the yep. father I don't believe died, he was, that's yeah, you're right, he's true, free. though. I yeah. think they all cared about their dad in certain ways. In different ways. Yeah. But I think that when you talk about it, Ken He was the most his, open about it. Now Ken loved his dad because he saw and he said this in his speech, he saw in his father what he hoped was in him. And so therefore yeah. that right. boosted his own sense of self. Connor didn't give a fuck. He was completely useless. Yeah. He wasn't the same mom. So yeah. Ship <laughs> is almost the most fascinating thing. Yeah. So I think yeah. one of the things that we need to talk about is the handhold at the end. Yeah. And finally, uh, the other yeah. question, 
does Tom grow or was Tom Tom? Tom's Tom the whole time. So the one thing that I loved about Tom. Oh, Tom's great. I mean, terrible, but great. We all love Tom. They're um, all terrible. They're all great. No, but the one thing that I loved about Tom is that he was a completely believable lackwit lackey who was really good at being a lackey and knew it. But he, he had to be smart. He can't be a lackwit no, 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 because no, no, he, had, he had a high-level stuff. No, that lackwit he got, he wasn't the right have, word. Yeah. That's not the point. But at one point when Vampire Skarsgård, uh, like he's like, <laughs> he needs somebody who isn't anybody to be there. And Tom's like, I am that nobody. I mean, yeah, those he, he tells him. He right, says, but, I want to fuck your wife. And Tom went, cool. That's the moment he became CEO. Right. When he was going to take anything from... Right. Skarsgård with a smile on his face. But what I loved about that character is that when he was with Shiv alone, he absolutely 100% loved her. And like it was this one other, I'm not sure that she did, but it was this one facet of his character that I, he played it beautifully. You want to talk about acting is that when he was in that room with her, he loved her and respected her and would have done anything for us. The one redeeming factor of him and he got nothing for it. That fight was amazing, by the way amazing that was what was fun about the show was the, the layering of all the characters and their mm-hmm. motivations and what drove them and, and what their fears and, and also putting a pin in that the third episode where logan dies was one of the great tv episodes of the last sure 20 sure. years yep they kept the secret we were all those of us who watched it the night of i know if people who didn't and got spoiled were blown away riveted my wife got spoiled but i didn't this uh, is yeah. not happening. This can't be. I got this, Ted this Lasso spoiled, but but also like uh, from a production standpoint, the directing in that episode was terrific. The writing yeah. in that episode was terrific. It was just a great episode. Here's the thing: from a craft standpoint, the show was absolutely riveting. And like, I started watching it. I, I didn't watch it from the get go. I caught up. I watched season one and two, and then I watched season three when it came out. But even then, I would watch it like a day or two later. Like it wasn't like, oh my god, I have to. This season became I had to partially to avoid the spoilers spoiler, but because from a craft standpoint, I was fascinated by the machinations and the layering because the thing was my criticism. You remember my criticism of this season before episode three was like, man, it is just treading water, spinning wheels on the same theme. And that criticism maintained through the entire season. But as soon as I realized that this season is in the condensed of like a week and a half. Every episode was one day. Yeah. Like once I understood that kind of like tightness, I still think like I would have liked to have seen a little more than just the de- the Gojo deal and all the the, the mats and manu- maneuvering and stuff like that. But they folded in the death, they folded in the election, they folded like they folded so much in in a contained tight space. The family stuff, Ken and his wife, so much of it. it like Dustin it, it, Kirk is yeah. so fucking good, so good, very yeah. good. Yes, I first yeah. saw him in Weeds and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. All the peripheral characters and Frank and yep. What's his Jerry name? and all those like oh, even Rashi and Carl. I love Frank and Carl. Carl and, like oh god and Hugo. You know Hugo. Hugo. Yes. Like, yeah. Yep. The characters around them were so terrific and well formed with such a tiny amount of screen time. Those actors really gave you a full character. Yep. Yeah. And they were almost more fun than the main characters. Have you yeah, ever watched yeah. a show? I was going to say that isn't a comedy, but even comedies to a certain extent that have zero. Zero likable characters. There is nobody in that Zero. show. I'm serious. Think about it. Go through it. Tell me if there's anybody who you think you'd want to like that you uh, that you respect. Uh, Frank James Cromwell. Frank. Frank. I don't Frank. know. Yeah. I mean, like he was. St- I mean, what Frank way, done? It's not like I, I, I respect I, Frank. I respect I couldn't Carl's tell you, character. I couldn't tell you who Frank and Carl were. Uh, you like I couldn't tell Carl you. Carl was I mean, David Rashi. Frank was the bald guy. I, who's on I, I don't know. I, I C- never know. COO. COO. Doesn't matter. Like, Frank was the chairman uh, of the board, and, and, and okay, Carl was the, point. the CFO. Ninety-eight percent of the characters are pieces of shit, over and over yeah. and over again. But Sopranos. it is constructed and built in a way. Yeah, but the Sopranos characters were like they're murderers. 
Yeah, but absolutely. They're still murderers. But you, want, you wanted to like them. They were funny. They were yeah. fun to hang out with. That's the same thing here. No, that was the push pull of that show is that you'd be like, oh, these guys are silly. They want meat that's salted. And then they do something awful and you'd get pulled back and forth over and over. This show didn't do that. You didn't like the, for like a half a I second. I disagree. I like them. I think for half a second, you, you wanted them to be better. And you thought maybe there's a chance, but they just never were ever going to do that. That last scene after the meeting where all oh. of their real characters came out and yep. I was the first boy. And I was like, oh, you're a yeah. child. And you knew he wasn't. Yep. And he hits Roman yes. after being the only person through the entire four years who protected Roman yep. and always stood between Roman and his dad whenever his dad got mad at Roman. He got the sense that was what he did as a child. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He becomes his dad at the end and he hits Roman. Yep. And that's when it's over for Kendall. It's yep. over at that point. But, when he hits I Roman. mean, like he he has to be the most... Like every Kendall's time the he most spoke, cringy the character in history, yeah. in the oh. history of TV. That yep. said, yep. his speech at the funeral was amazing. Was yep. That, oh my god! Like you say, the third episode, but that funeral for episode between those two episodes, the the death and the funeral were, yeah. were all time great. Yeah. He was also the most like his dad, but also the least capable of being his dad at the Absolutely. same time, which was made it interesting. Like of the three of them, he was the only one that had the instinct to be the killer. But he couldn't execute it. He had yeah. no depth. Everything was artifice. Yeah. Like he wanted it. He had the attitude. What did he say? He, he said, attitude. you guys aren't serious people. That was the yep. most true line anyone said. I love said. you, but you guys aren't serious people. Yep. He yep. said that. And I was like, we're going to be saying this for years. Yep. You know, yep. like you're already seeing the memes or whatever. No, I mean, it, it, that is this show's not great, Bob, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. What's the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the most true line anyone said to anybody in that show? Yeah. I yeah. love you, but you're not serious people. And that's exactly yep. what they drew. And Shiv wasn't serious either. Yeah. The other she thing about it was that Logan was also entirely unlikable, but he was he's a so he was, but he was so incredibly competent that you at least yep. could have some respect for him. Yeah, oh, you could be yeah. like, I understand that no one else had that. No one else, you know, like Tom, you was competent, I guess, at being the, the lackey. That's the closest you can get. Logan was a monster who was incredibly good at his job. Yeah, so you could at least respect him being good at his job if he didn't like what he was doing. And also treated it like a game. Like it well, was like, things, it, yeah. like he's totally rich and successful, but he didn't care that he was rich. No, it was about power over yeah, and over exactly. and over again. About winning yeah. and power. That yeah. brings me to final scene. Shiv is in the car with Tom. Shiv and Tom, great relationship from a drama standpoint. Yep. And she holds his hand. And what I thought was hold. Well, they grab the whatever. They like touch she puts hands, her hand yeah. down. It was more like hand on top of hand. There was it doesn't matter. It's it's a it's I whatever. Think it does because if it's a handhold, it's different. If it's just it, like it doesn't matter we're if we're make physical contact. That's different. But either way, that to me was there's a couple of things it could have been. I think that that was submission to him as he took on the yes. role of her yeah. father, and Absolutely. that's what she wanted. Which is such an awful thing to say about a female character today. But like, if she has to be just as shallow and awful as everybody, or else it's bullshit. Yep. yep. I've seen other interpretations, but I was like, oh, now that he's that dude, then she can respect him again. And then, and he's fucking self satisfied as hell because that's all that he but wanted. But he's self satisfied, but also knowing he is not Logan because, again, he capitulated to his new boss by saying, you can fuck my wife if you want to. I don't think like, he wants to be. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to be. He wants to matter. Right. And yes. like he's willing to do whatever it takes to matter. Yep. And part of it was get the foot in the door by being by marrying Shiv and going through all that sort of stuff. But if you watch all the moves he made throughout the season, it was all trying to 
assess the moment and figure out what can he do to matter. Think about the season three twist or the season two to season three twist, mm-hmm. the backstab or whatever it is when, when yeah. he sided with oh, Logan. It so was it was good. to to matter. I mean, we always talk and, and, See, and joke Kendall. about we, we always talk and joke about the the Tom Greg relationship, but like here is someone who he matters to. And mm-hmm. to see and how you would be like, whoa, he's a completely different person talking to Greg than talking to somebody else because yep. he is being the vision of the, of the self that he wants to be around everybody else to Greg, right? And so it's all in that pursuit. A comment in the in the chat said something about Greg taking over. And I just want to say that was the stupidest rumor in the world. And if it had happened, yeah. the show would have been awful at the end. Yeah. I could have seen it happening only because you could have justified because it because Gojo wanted a figurehead and he could have been yeah. a figurehead but that like had that, to be Tom there was he's no one else that yeah, had to be Tom he's too young oh no I know but I'm saying if it had happened it would have been out of the realm of the other characters because they were never going to make in the kids yeah but but like story wise like you've watched Tom's arc like it had to be him there's yeah. nothing else makes sense so let me ask you this though and and Connor do you take any credence to the uh triple play thing the what did you not see that clearly what? not the only person in Major League Baseball history to ever pull off an unassisted triple play to end the World Series was a guy with the last name Wobbs Gangs. That's a real name? In the early yeah. 1900s. Wow. Interesting. Oh, that makes sense. I do, do you cr- think, agree do you to think that. Do you think the British TV yes. writer? Okay. I can see them researching names for sure. Bill Wamsgans in uh, what was I was going to tell you that 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 name is the funniest made up name I've ever heard, and I'm upset it's real. The names are the same, except Bill, the baseball player, has an extra S at the end, so it's Wamsgangs. Two S's. Two S's, yeah. Wow. But he basically, if you Google it, you look at the the theory. But he was famous for pulling off an unassisted triple play, which could be said what Tom did on the show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, he took out the three kids triple play. Yeah. The 1920 World Series, he completed the only unassisted triple play in baseball history, caught a line drive for the first out, stepped on second base to get the second out, and then tagged the first base runner for the third out. This is the year after the Black Sox scandal. He had to bring everybody back. Exactly. (laughs) It wasn't Babe Ruth. It was Tom Wapskans. (laughs) I watched the show from the very beginning. I loved it. It made you really uncomfortable in the things it made you think about and what your yearnings are and what you want to do and how you fight for power and things. And it was... It was great. I mean, the acting was out of this world. Or the writing was out of this oh, world. 100%. The directing Production. was as well. Yeah. It's just another one of HBO's great shows. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's another, a another it's a notch on the bedpost for HBO. <laughs> as the world burns around it. Why not? That, that was part of it. I mean, right? Like, who cares? As we cleanse our palates. We'll talk about Ted Lasso, which, the final season, yeah. which I think might be possibly controversial. Let's talk about the final season of Ted Lasso, yeah. season three. I really enjoyed watching season three. Also, what? it was very clear there was a different showrunner, and there was a couple of storylines that were bad ideas yes. and didn't, didn't add anything to the story. And, and yeah. didn't fit. They just were. I was like, why is this happening? And there was one or two episodes that were all-time great Ted Lasso episodes. Yes, agreed. Agreed. But, yep. but there were high points. There were very, very high points. Overall, it was very clear it was a different crew running the show yeah. in season three. That's my, my I did overall not know opinion. that, but now that you say it, I understand. I agree. Yeah. Bill Lawrence ended up leaving. He went to do huh. shrinking. Yeah. But yeah. they also didn't get along, and Jason yeah. Vegas had the whole season rewritten. They had it written. That's why it took oh, wow. so long. Yeah. I would love to read those original scripts to see what the original vision was, but well, so it was all different. Here's my assessment is that it was Ted Lasso through and through. It had some extremely very, very high points, 
And I'm not going to say it had some extremely low points. It just had a lot of very mediocre middling points like throughout the whole thing. And ultimately what happened was is that I feel as if they got so enamored with all of the great characters that they mm-hmm. created and knowing that it's probably the last season, they wanted to give everyone their moment to shine, that it became, as opposed to being focused on Ted and the effect he was having on the soccer team and the soccer team itself, it became an ensemble drama because it was like, now we're going to get a storyline about Colin and now we're going to get one about Trent and now we're going to get one about Roy. Trent House Magazine. We're going to sideline Keeley for the entire season with this. With this that was yeah. the biggest That's crime. The biggest, that's the biggest yeah. crime of the whole thing yeah. was, was the Keeley storyline. It's a waste of time. It didn't add anything. Yeah. Really, but yeah. that said, the Amsterdam episode was fantastic. That was oh an all-time God. great episode. There was another episode that was fantastic, which I can't remember. The final episode was great. The, the final episode was good. Too. The final episode, like Josh, you said you got it spoiled. Like I saw it coming a mile away. Like it was not, it was, it was not. Sure. And yeah, it, yeah. it didn't ruin it for me. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. know anything. I basically, when I, spoilers, I had seen a clip of something like an old, episode and i was like oh i want to watch this little clip and then it cuts to roy being introduced as manager like what the fuck like i didn't even that wasn't anyway it's interesting you say that because i tend to in my old age or whatever when i think of the show i just sort of wrap it up in my head at the end and i think by the end the last few episodes i was all in yeah but throughout the season now that you say and i don't even want to focus on this that much is that like they did an episode about racism and yep. they did an episode about the guy thinking everyone would be would hate him if he came out. And yep. I thought, you know, in TV terms, these are important things and I'm not underplaying them. But they didn't fit with this show, which never talked about social issues yep. in yep. that sense, or at least not directly. And it seemed very out of place. And also, like, the guy who didn't want anybody to know he was gay. Colin. Colin thought that everyone was going to reject him. And I just was like, everybody yeah. on this show has been about how caring and loving they were. And supportive. And like, you have right? to be yeah. a moron not to yep. think that. And I, so. I and so that didn't ring true. Now, that wasn't, didn't mean that there weren't parts of that that were well done and touching. And, and that, that not that even there's people who need to hear it. So whatever. You know, obviously things are shitty now to a lot of different people, but it didn't fit to me. Yeah. And, you know, when he kisses his boyfriend on the field afterwards, I was like, oh, that's really lovely. It's nice. Yeah. And also it felt like Ted was left out like he had a lot of problems in the beginning and then they let him be until the end the show stopped being about ted and about like i was like can we see a soccer game well he said it like like, not about me (laughs) yeah no exactly yeah but i will say i will applaud them for jamie tart i think oh fantastic just the the whole whole season like he had his whole thing going on and he was acting really good and they they made it and i thought that the scene where he goes to see his mother and you see yep. him like laying down yep. with his, his mother that and was his a great head episode. is on i was like yeah. and i go i've never seen this on tv yeah. is yeah. an adult man being loved by his mother and putting and making it feel and i just thought that's so awesome yeah and and he acted it. And while I was skeptical of having Trent Krim come in to write a book about them, that was the gift of the season. Every time that dude graced the screen, it made whatever was going on better. And like, oh, so, so what's so interesting good. about that is that I noticed I was like, I don't know that he really has a storyline, and I don't know what he's adding to it, but clearly somebody must love him. Yeah. Everyone because they put him in every scene. The hair, oh, the hair. The other thing yeah. that was good for him this season is that every time something was going on, they would cut to him, and then we would know how we were supposed to feel about the scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, the look. Like, yep, 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 it, yep. Oh, yep. this is important. Yeah, oh, this yeah. is dumb. This yeah. is, you know. Yep. So I think it's important to talk about the things that didn't work because I think the first two seasons are, are perfect. Season three, we mentioned Keeley's storyline. They sidelined her from the group. Her relationship with her boss didn't mean anything. 
yeah. ultimately it went away. It didn't mean anything. No understanding of how venture capital works. All by I the did way. was take her out of her uh, out of the team and away from everybody yep. else and hang out with Rebecca, which we all loved, and get her out yeah. of uh, like a separate show, which was not great. Rebecca's storyline had moments, but for the most part, she didn't really have one. The whole fortune teller thing was so stupid in the beginning of the season. It was just yeah. that that was just that that was so dumb. It did give her the answer in episode, which I thought was one of the best episodes of all time. Yeah. Which was great. I'm I'm happy the guy came back. Yeah, it came around. Did you notice that Rebecca's mom is the mom of succession? Yeah, and I was just yeah. watching. Like, Wait a minute, yeah. is that yeah. Yeah. same oh. <laughs> To me, the the interesting thing to talk about is Nate's storyline, right? Because yeah, he's almost the storyline of the whole show. Where the first season he becomes out of his shell and joins the team, but then breaks from them. He has the Empire Strikes Back second season. Yep. And at first, I thought. Well, obviously, he's going to have a big come-to-Jesus meeting with Ted, and that's going to fix everything. But then they had it happen with his dad, and I realized, oh, that, scene. that needed yeah. to happen because his dad is the source of his problems, yep. obviously. I falling. Me too. However, he came back to the team with nothing. That was the big drop of the season for me, was they never had a moment with Ted there were so many plot points towards the end of the season that happened off screen. Yeah. That was just like, whoa, whoa, why are you, why, I want to like, see that. He's just, he's like, just, he's just was, back yeah. with the team. Like, yeah. The whole big moment of season two was, hey, Ted, I gave you this signed photo and you didn't put it in your office. No, it's in my house. Right. And yeah. you thought, oh, clearly he's going to find out it's in Ted's fucking house. Yeah. That was never addressed. It was just like, he has that with his dad. Again, great sequence, cried, obviously. But, there's never a moment with Ted where there's like, let's hash this out. Let's yeah. figure out what our problems are. They just gloss completely over it, and all of a sudden he's fine I again. I got around that because with the beard, the beard with, the, with, the, with the beard thing. Yeah, that, I yeah. mean that's that's it wasn't like nothing. They did explain it that way that Ted is all forgiving. Now is that interesting dramatically? I don't know. But they still need to have the conversation. Right. Ted had the Lego thing in his house with the little Nate in it. Like he needed to know those things even how rock the team was by the believe sign getting ripped up and how yeah. with the video and stuff like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden then go to the next episode and McAdoo and Colin and somebody else go to the restaurant and they're like, Oh Nate, we all voted. We want you to come back. Like what, when did yeah. that happen? Like what did right. they, like they glossed over that for some reason yeah. that I can't fathom because they literally, the first season were about building that story up. It was almost like a, a C plot in season three. It wasn't even like the A or B plot. It was weird. So what yeah. I noticed about the season and it's different is, is that they had a lot of things that were tell don't show and somebody would make yeah. a reversal and like so Roy's season hinges on the fact and Roy was hardly in it the whole season he was it's like I just watched that last few and so he was heavy in those so I didn't feel like that the last few he was way. heavy but the first yeah. two thirds he was hardly in his story hinges on the fact that he walks into Rebecca's office and she goes stop being stuck and then he changes. So that's it. That's what it took. Right. Somebody to yell right. at him. And he goes, oh, right. Which is, eh. Rebecca gives this beautiful, amazing speech about football and how important it is. Two episodes later, she's like, I'm going to sell the team. I was like, what the fuck? That <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. And then finally, yeah. Nate had a turn, but it just happened for no reason. Re I mean, right. like he got a girlfriend yeah. or whatever, but like he turns into this guy. And then pretty soon we spend time with him. He's the same guy again. So yeah, yeah. They, they, the guy change. who spit at the mirror and and would treat people like shit was gone in season three. Right? Yeah, like he never. There was no transition out of it. Yeah, it almost felt like, and I don't, I don't want to say this almost out loud, but I'm going to. But it almost felt like the guy running the show in season three was Ted Lasso, and so it's not about me. Everybody else, like suddenly Roy Kent is gone for most of the yeah. season. Like all the people that would possibly take up oxygen from Ted Lasso are gone for most of the season. It becomes about Ted and his wife and his kid and the doctor. Yeah. Oh, I didn't care about that. Yeah. All of a sudden, Roy Kent, who's won two Emmys, is sidelined. 
for two thirds yeah. of the season. It felt like Sudeikis, who I really like as a performer, really made some major changes to the structure of the show. For and I, I like watching it. I really did. And I don't think it was a th- thing of like, oh, Roy Kahn is being more popular than Ted Lasso, I'm going to sideline him. I don't think that because I think I do think that Kent had his moments, although asking Keeley who sent the photo, who, sa- yeah, who that she was sent that to, that was so out of never do yeah. that, season two. Yeah, you're right. But I really think it's just a matter of, man, we're going to end this soon, and I really wanted to do all of this with all of these characters, and so to try to do too much. I think that's the story. There was this, too much. This, there was too they much. They just tried to do too much. But like, Keely's story didn't need to be there. It became an ensemble drama. That's what happened. Yeah. You know, like, that so. said. I loved it. Every week I was excited to watch the episode. Sure, yeah, me too. Yes, all agreed. the players. Yep. I mean, let, let's let's get to the brass tacks of what the end of this thing is. All those other shows are about terrible people, and this show was, and we've said this from the beginning, it's about the goodness of people. Yep. Higgins. Higgins, Higgins is a great character. Oh, he's great. I don't know if it's the last episode or the second to last because they're talking. Roy's like, how do I be different or better? And he says, yeah. you know, whatever it is, like you keep asking for help and trying to do a little better. And I was yeah. like, I don't know that there's been a show that wasn't shitty. Yep. That is about thinking the best of people. And like, I thought, you know, as a legacy, as a thing, if any shithead man out there decides to try to be a little better and a little more caring, a little more open, then that show is a gift. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like if it affects people, and I don't see how you can watch it and not come away with that. I want to be better. I think at times in my actual life, I'm like, yeah, I should do better. I should do the nicer thing. Yeah, I should do that. And I'd like this influence me. And I think that yeah. that is such an amazing thing. You know, all that dramatic stuff aside and like what works story wise and what doesn't like those last couple episodes are just like, just love yeah. those people and do the best. And like, yeah. like is the team that gets along in any way realistic. No, the te- that's ridiculous. That would never happen. There's too sure. many egos, too much stuff. It's a fiction, right? Yeah. But it's fantasy. It's fantasy yeah. in such a good way, you know, and at the end, you, Ted gives a speech near the end and I was like, oh my God, he's doing Coach Taylor. Like he <laughs> went for it and it was great. And beard staying, like all the things I've yeah. I thought really worked. It's just, by the time you got there, it was like, oh man, I, I wish we hadn't spent a whole season with Keely doing that whole thing over there. Uh, it, wish- was just, it was just such a distraction. And like you wanted that love triangle between her and Roy. And it never really resolve no. itself it never did yeah yeah you don't did get she to get know. back with roy yeah. Yeah. why did they break up in the first place right. why did we think that she was gonna get back with jamie like they kept adding these things that never really went anywhere the last episode did a sopranos kind of thing really yep. where it ended and you don't know what happens you don't know yeah. if ted ends up with his wife again you don't know if he goes back to richmond at some point after his kid graduate you don't know who ends up with keely you have to tell that story in your own end and I, I don't mind that That's i don't mind, mind that don't mind but either. the problem yeah. is yeah. they kept adding to the story like mm-hmm. and i get it they almost decided to make it about jamie and and roy's relationship instead of keely and either one of them that was more interesting to me actually yeah, but it was like that. like why'd they break up then keely and roy sleep together but then they're not back together and then we don't they know. never really address it it was just it's I'm not satisfying I'm, I am I'm fine with that yeah Here's the question, just like we had a question at the end of Succession. Okay. The opener of the final episode in which Ted finds himself in Rebecca's home, implying yep. that they've slept together. Yeah, that was funny. Beard and Jane come out. And I got to say, I think yep. the thong, a little too much. I think that oversold <laughs> yep, the yep. joke. I'm serious. I just yep. think it was too, good for him yeah. wearing it. Agreed. No, I mean, totally. Like, it went for the gag, but I was like, it's not necessary. We want to talk about unresolved thing. I don't know what the fuck that was. And I feel like I needed a little they more. They were all crashing there because of there was, a, there was a gas leak. There was a, yeah, there was they, a gas leak. That, that, right. that was them. That was them messing with the audience who was predicting that Ted was going to get with Rebecca. Like that was yeah. That was purely to mess terrible. with the fans on Twitter. That was a mess with the fans. And everyone on Twitter wanted them to be together. So that was totally just a fuck with the fans. That's awful. It's like not fan service, but it's like fan prodding. Like that's what it is. 
it shouldn't have been there. It didn't fit. I will say that the the narrative online and the criticism of the show through season three, I think, is warranted but not wholly deserved. Because to your point, Connor, every week we were there watching and still yep. enjoying and still had the hope for it. And there were like moments of it where you saw stuff and there were funny lines, Higgins throughout, Trent Krim throughout. Like there were it was still better than than NCIS. It was still better than half the crap on TV yeah. anyway. So it is better Ted La- listen, put this in Ted Lasso is better than NCIS. Yeah, there it is. There's the, there's, 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 there there's the quote on the bus. I'm willing to die on that hill. Yeah. And I'm happy it's over because I, I, I think there should be shows that have a lifespan that end. I don't want to see but, the Roy Beard Nate show going forward. But, I don't. I will watch it. But a little bit of a disappointment. Sure. But let's yeah. go because I like it. You yeah. know, that's I don't a good know thing. That I, I, like, a I good can thing. recognize flaws, but I don't know that I was disappointed. Yeah. Like it ended. I felt good. I felt like we got a little bit of knowing everybody and I know that their lives go on and it's bittersweet because it's drama and it has to be right. They said Trent house magazine, which fucking killed me. <laughs> You're glad you got to spend time with them and have this hope that people can be good to each other. And yeah. that means so much to me. But there are things that happened that were always going to happen. Like Roy was going to be the coach of the team. Right. Like they just, you just knew that was always going to go home. Right. Ted was always going to go home. He was going to stay right. there forever. Yeah. But when they have Rebecca sit there and basically beg him to stay, that's how we all felt. And also she, yeah. the actor, has said a million times, like, she wants the show to go on forever. And you could, like, tell, like, when they were saying goodbye, like, you get the sense that everybody on that show, either they're amazing actors or they really loved being around those people and on the show. Like, you just right. get that sense. Rebecca, you know, at the end especially is one of those things that I think about. It. Like, her character arc was to get over her shit and you know find love in the whole thing not love romantic love but like a real joy and then you know she found this so she doesn't want it to end like we don't want it to end and i think that that's awesome yeah you should want more you should not be like oh finally it's over you'd be like oh man i want to see killian rebecca build a women's team Mm -hmm. that's how the show should end because you should want to be there next week but find yourself a little sad that you didn't get those moments five episodes ago because keely was off having a useless romance you could complain and say it's too many episodes and it were too long. They were an hour long instead of a they half They were twice an hour. as long as the first two seasons. Yeah. But yeah, they were so long. I, I know, long. but like, but when I was watching them, I wasn't like, I missed this would end. But the I only know, time but I the, thought they were too long was when I was two episodes in the season. I was trying to catch up to do the show and I was like, fuck me, there's 12 hour long episodes. Well, yeah, and it was because my whole thing was like, what are we doing? Like a lot of times episodes ended. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, what do we get? Like, especially in the middle stuff with the Keeley stuff. And, and the thing was, is like the moment that in the middle of the season where it got the most frustrating, then they dropped to Amsterdam and that was like yeah. yes yeah. like yes yeah. you know so yeah god that episode was so fucking good so good really really good let's be honest like when she left and didn't get his name I was like motherfucker and they paid that <laughs> off for me I don't yeah. care how hokey it was this is a show that's allowed to be hokey I was so happy yeah. he's a handsome man oh guy. my god I wanted the bone charming I was <laughs> like alright will you put me in your houseboat I'll live there I'll cook you dinners <laughs> <laughs> We've had several like really good shows ended around the same time, and it was an interesting time frame to do that. When especially when we're going forward now in a time where shows just pop up and leave at random times throughout the year, yep. it was interesting to see those three. And I'll, I know I like Flash. All those shows ending around the same time. It was a weird time of like yeah. things coming to an end, right? Yeah, a moment in time. So, and we're not going in, in depth on it because you haven't finished it. But I would throw Maisel in that group as well because yeah. I think yeah, Maisel was an important show also. If you had to pick a favorite of those shows we just talked about, what would it be? Rank them. Rank them. Rank them, Josh. Your favorite. Well, I didn't watch The Flash, so that's going to be last. That's fine. Yeah. That's a joke. Barry 3. Oof. Well, it's really hard to choose between Ted Lasso I'm, and Succession. I'm going to put the 
the show in the order we talked about. Yeah, I the, think the that's opposite order we talked about: Ted Lasso, Succession, Barry, uh, I go, Flash. I go Ted Lasso, Barry, Succession, Flash. Wait, which what direction are we going? I'm just saying, my number one would be Ted Lasso. Number one would be Succession. My number three would be Barry. Number four would be The Flash. My number one would be Ted Lasso. Number two would be Barry. Three Succession. We're all on that. Because at the end of the day, Succession is extremely entertaining, but it's sad. Yeah. You don't need to have something that's happy, but there's so little in drama that is and gets away with it that it's worth something. It's an anomaly because in the peak TV era that really began with Oz, but began with Sopranos, everything's been about misery and bad people almost the entire way through. The sitcoms that we all grew up with were about, you know, like the family. So we're about like shiny, happy things that happen. Yeah, I'm talking about from 2000. Right, but I'm saying it, like it now. was terrible, relatively speaking, like from a dramatic standpoint. And there's nothing like this now that isn't hokey. It's the weirdest it's thing. It's a unicorn. It's a unicorn show. Yeah. Yep. We'll see yeah. if it has any effect going forward on other shows being developed or greenlit or whatever. Yeah, but that's a special sauce magic kind of thing. That oh, I'm not saying it'll, it'll be great. I'm saying we'll see if those things are... Mm-hmm influencing other shows as opposed yeah. to staying I mean, I'm sure we'll see it, but I, and bastards and assholes leading shows it's, which it's, is, it's yeah. I'm sure it'll be imitated but I, I I don't know I think actually replicating that kind of thing is going to be extremely rare no yeah. you know what's kind of like that is afterlife with Ricky Jervis not exactly Jervis. but Mr. Jervis Gervais, Gervais. Gervais. Uh, whatever that's a little like that he's a curmudgeon and everything but it's actually a sort of positive show in the end yeah, and it's very popular. Like it's a, it's hugely watched. I think for a Netflix show. Either way, it's not the same league, but British, British, British. people are good at that. They're good at TV. Yeah. Ted Lasso, also, you know, yeah. even though it was Americans mainly, behind yeah. the show, it yeah. was shot in England. That was a, that yeah. was a British English show. cast. Yeah. You know, yeah. very different. All right, so we're done. Cool. We're done with our uh, look back on the shows that ended, and we're done with this month's media explode. I think. <laughs> I had an email ready to go. But I don't know if we need. Ah, we don't need. It. That's good. Yeah, so we'll good. We, gave you, we gave you a lot there. Look, we pulled it off. We had some technical difficulties, but we prevailed. Josh, the people watching in the chat room right now know how <laughs> the problems we've had, but hopefully you don't notice at home. In the meantime, uh, you can listen to Josh and I talk about the week's comics on the Pick of the Week show. You can listen to our monthly shows. This show is unlocked by the patrons. The books explode where we review a trade paperback, which alternates with the talks explode where Josh interviews a creator. Those are all unlocked by the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Ron, tell the people what happened. Oh, we don't need to get into that. Uh, so you should honor it. I'm yeah, saying you no, should yeah, honor exactly. it. Be proud yeah, of yeah. it. So, so those of you who listen to the show know that I also do another did another podcast called All About Android for the past 13 years, uh, talking about Android phones. Fortunately, uh, the network that put it out, Twit, decided to uh, wind it down. So our last episode was recently came out on June 20th. So you go listen to it. We went through our Hall of Fame of Android, where we talked about every, the best devices and apps over the 13 years of doing the show. But follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. Maybe uh, There'll be news about because other you never, shows you, you never, might you do. never know. There'll be you never know what what might be around the corner. New podcast coming out. But you, you should be know, proud so. of it. You did oh, so long. Yeah. Yeah. We're watching this on video, and you just went into like podcaster mode. You're like, follow me on Twitter. You're waving your arm around like it's a show. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're, real quick though, are there is there? Can you say anything about the rumors that this is going to be picked up by Netflix on their 16th season? <laughs> no, I could definitely. I could. Oh, I could that's say not. That's not. Okay. No, but I will say, 13 years, 630 some odd episodes. I mean, like between i fanboy and this. episodes than i fan uh, than you did of i fanboy. Oh, yeah. he, he did about 350 or 400 I'm, episodes of fanboy that's it no yeah. i did more than that didn't no i, I, I can't count on the last anniversary including show. all the specials and bonuses and everything no he's talking about the regular show oh, the regular show the regular okay. show the regular show 
Right, but if you you got to factor in all specials well, and bonuses can't. and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. we're talking about the regular for any episode. Anyway, yeah. regardless, video shows, hundreds of shows, so you know, lots of content, just making content since two thousand five, nonstop. Yeah, but uh, don't fucking use that word again, or you're out. Take a nap, Ron. Well deserved nap. At least we're not doing SpawnCon. Right? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Sponsored content. Oh, SpawnCon. <laughs> so you tell like we're out of the we're out of the podcast mainstream. Yeah. When I say we, I mean me. That's the end of this week's show. Thanks for listening. We had a great time doing it. Thanks for you in the chat room watching us do the live stream. We enjoyed that as well. And until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. Joshua Flanagan signing off. <laughs> Follow me. Follow me.